Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by my good friend and self-proclaimed golf sicko, Mr. Jonathan Teal. JT, kind of, kind of a special week, right? Some golf tournament going on this week, Man, right? Man, I would say the specialist of golf weeks by a wide margin the Masters is absolutely one of one, as I heard Scott Van Pelt call it uh, in a documentary done about the 2020 Masters, which I actually I would encourage everyone to check out. Uh, the Masters YouTube channel, it's called The One in November. Uh, really well done, really gives a feel for what it took to pull that tournament off. But because it's one of one and everything is perfect, in fact, the way they put it is perfect is just good enough at Augusta. I am excited. The best week of the year by far. Uh, that's coming off of an amazing weekend of golf, which we're about to dive into in depth, but there's nothing better than master's week. Now I think ahead of even the giving love to our sponsor, we, we do want to tell folks early on here that this is not going to be a master's preview. That's right. Pod. Yeah. Like it's fair, fair of you not to tease our listeners. I Leading think that's fair. Yeah. into telling folks, how much we love our primary sponsor. Tell them how they're going to get their master's preview pod out of the You're Still Out Golf podcast, my friend. Oh, glad to. Glad to. So, Jay Till and I will be at Chalk on Tuesday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., and that's Central Time, Jay Till. So, I've been on Pacific Time for the last Central last Daylight week, but, Time, CDT, yeah. now that we've uh, transitioned over to Daylight Savings Time. Right. Proceed, One, go ahead. 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, come out, say hello to Jay Till and I. We'll be doing a live uh, remote there of the YSO podcast, and we'll also be drawing golfers. Uh, out of out of the hopper, right? So you come out, come up to us, say hello, draw a name out of the hat. If your golfer wins the Masters, you'll be winning a fantastic Callaway Maverick driver. I think it's valued at five hundred bucks. It's so a hot one. It's, it's it is a, a hot one. Pricey piece of golf equipment, ladies and gentlemen. But kind of similar, you know. A few weeks ago, uh, Chad Ford and I, uh, right with our sister pod, the BBSBC pod, we were out there at Chalk doing a live remote for the uh, NCAA tournament giveaway. Right, draw a team out of the hopper. If your team wins the national championship, you win a bunch of prizes. Uh, same concept here. Draw a golfer out of the hopper. Your golfer wins the Masters. You're going to be walking away with a fantastic Callaway Maverick driver uh, brought to you by our friends at Chalk and Michelob Ultra, I believe. Great partners we have for sure. Now, I will say some folks may be listening and saying, man, I'd love to do that, but one to three, that's kind of a tough deal on a Tuesday. Here's what you do. You get to Chalk for lunch. You have a great uh, perhaps sandwich. I know we're big fans of the Cuban uh, maybe you sneak in some fried deviled eggs as a starter. Mm, so good. And then be the first one in line to draw that golfer out at 1 p.m. before you get back to the office for final preparations before you're out for several days watching the Masters. So we, we're strategic in how we do things, folks. One to three is just when we're going to be recording the Masters That's preview right. pod. We wanted to really have a fun time doing that, add some juice to it. There's nothing to say that all... 50-plus golfers that we're going to be giving away can't be given away by 105. Yep, Nothing absolutely. that says that. Just, just just, to kind of plan your Tuesday as you're listening to this late Monday night, first thing Tuesday morning, come see us. We will be there for lunch and uh, expect to see some other folks there too. I'm excited about that. That's That, I'm, that driver is no joke. That's yeah. a serious, serious driver. I'm a Callaway guy. You know you that are as well. Guy. So I, I would no love free to ads, upgrade. But, uh, I would love I to it's upgrade. not a free ad, technically, because they're giving us something, <laughs> so it's right. not free. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I would love to uh, to take home that driver. Of course, I don't think I'm eligible. I think that's helpful. You and I, unfortunately, uh, aren't eligible. Uh, but work. the way you drove it on Friday afternoon, Ooh. I would say there's no need for a new driver, my friend. And we're going to get to all that. Yeah, you and I had a special golf outing, didn't we? For yeah. those that have been living under a rock or perhaps under a pandemic of the last 14 months... Why don't you tell folks about Chalk, just in case somebody doesn't know about it, which, shame on us for not doing a better job of proselytizing. Tell them about Chalk, guys. Absolutely. Come see us on Tuesday afternoon, April 6th, from 1 to 3, there at Chalk, Chisholm Creek Plaza, 1324 West Memorial Road. Again, you can follow Ben Chad and the entire Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com, 
or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at ChalkOKC. But again, the best thing would be to come out and see us live in person tomorrow afternoon or Tuesday afternoon, uh, I, I should say. But uh, again, come out and see us uh, on the uh, over the weekend as well for Masters Week, right? we got a lot going on. And um, <clears throat> in terms of Masters Week, to, to I, guess I would say not really tease you, just to kind of or tee you up out there. I, I think we would be, first of all, remiss not to look back a bit and say thanks to our man Scooter Gers for filling in for you on a content extravaganza that was last week's YSO pod. That was an adventure, I would say. Yeah, It was an adventure in terms of how we were able to pull that <laughs> Behind thing the off. scenes, it was an adventure. Now, I will say that after we recorded that at Kicking Bird Golf Course, we had a great match play afternoon, and then we put our money where our mouth was is and went to chalk afterwards. So we had a Very delightful nice. time with our man Malibu Fish. Uh, we got we had Dragon come out. We had Nolo was not able to make it unfortunately. After these are all real another, people too. Another yeah. disappointing loss, unfortunately. And then our, our man uh, Colin Dubois, uh, the Frenchie, as he's known, just a nice a nice gathering, uh, celebrating Cody and Colin's victory over uh, myself, unfortunately, and Nolan. We continue to to not get it done, just flat out. But anyway, neither here nor there. We put our money where our mouth is. We handed in our scorecards. It's exciting times to be at Chalk. Best week of the year to be at Chalk. And we're going to get into best week of the year stuff a little bit later. But uh, I, I'm so excited. Keith mentioned tomorrow, the 1 to 3, I guess depending on when you're listening to this, Tuesday. One Tuesday, three, April 6th. Let's call it that. The golfer giveaway. We also are going to be there on Saturday for a live remote, so to speak, where we're actually going to encourage folks to come on the pod for 5 or 10 minutes, tell us their master's memories, who they got for the win, who's going to top 10, all sorts of fun stuff like that. And then, obviously, we will be there on Sunday just kicked back, enjoying seeing who slips on the green jacket. So a ton of stuff going on around Masters Week. But we're not there quite yet. We have a unbelievable weekend of golf to recap. Absolutely. Let's get into it. Always the favorite, that is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Well, as you mentioned, an incredible weekend of golf. And, and really, we could we could start with about five different stories uh, that came from the weekend of golf, JT. But let's start on the PGA Tour. Valero, Texas Open. Some guy named Jordan Spieth won this thing. You might have, might have heard of him. Right? I mean, here's the deal out there, everybody. I was bound to determine that we were going to lead a podcast with women's golf. It's like, First major of the year, the a Inspiration. The, the I would say arguably, even even its infancy here, the best amateur event in the women's game, the Augusta National Women's Amateur. We were teed up for a, a, a female weekend recap. And lo and behold, the only possible things that could have bumped it from the number one spot on the pot agenda, Tiger Woods, who we haven't heard anything from, and Jordan Spieth winning a golf tournament and doing so in impressive fashion. I mean, this guy has rocketed up the odds for the Masters. He's rocketing up the world rankings. He gets it done in San Antonio. He'd been building to this, wouldn't you say, over oh, the last yeah, six yeah. weeks? We've been talking about him for the last month, definitely. People yeah. love this guy. We were, were we love him, but we're really not sure why we love him. It's very interesting, but I would say he played... Uh, some serious golf down in San Antonio held off uh, a fan favorite in Charlie Hoffman. But, I mean, Jordan Spieth, just electric stuff. Yeah, electric and he, stuff. And he, he shoots a 66 on Sunday as well. So it wasn't a fluke, right? It wasn't like he backdoored his way into the tournament and let everybody else kind of fall he apart. Went out I mean, there and took he, and, it. he and Hoffman were kind he of dueling there it. down the last few uh, few holes. And so it was kind of fun to watch. You thought that uh, Hoffman might make it interesting there, but Spieth. You know, whenever we thought that he might get a little bit shaky there on the last couple of holes, had an interesting decision making there on the 18th hole, but uh, was able to kind of bail himself out there, uh, make uh, I think he made par, right? It's all he needed to do, uh, and that was enough. And then Hoffman wasn't able to kind of pull off a spectacular shot there. His drive went uh, far right. Uh, off the tee and uh, tried to hit a three-wood up there and hit a decent shot, but uh, kind of really needed to hold out the chip shot to really have a chance. Wasn't able to do that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was fun to watch. It, it was, was a, fun It to was watch. a blast to watch, and I, I got to watch uh, darn near the entirety of it yesterday afternoon. And I just yeah, – speak to somebody who, when he's playing poorly, he's really fun to watch. When he's playing well, besides the big cat, I'm not sure who I'd rather watch play golf. Because, again, you think about, like, a DJ, right? Oh, he's the number one player in the world. As as weird as this is to say, watching DJ play golf is boring. Yeah, he's... Because when he's on, he's hitting it 
straight down the middle, 340. He's hitting it on the green, two putting, rolling in the regular birdie, you know, birdieing every par five. Very boring golf. You look up and he shot 66. Spieth is not that way. It is very entertaining and uh, a circuitous uh, route to a sixty-six. I think would be the first way to put it. that. That up and down on Saturday that he yeah, made 17, from right? uh, uh, Office Seventeen yeah. was unfreaking believable. Um, God, so impressive. And you know, I, I think the only thing he needed to be fully quote back was the confidence to get it done down the stretch, play well. No, as you mentioned, no flukes, and that confidence paired with going to a place he's very comfortable and has played well even in these dark years where yeah, he has been true. out of form, he still manages to get it around Augusta National because as spraying it goes, you can get it around Augusta National and spray it a little bit. And when Spieth is playing well, um, look out. Look out this week. It would not surprise me if he went back-to-back, uh, I believe the last – Back-to-back winner, in other words, won the week before the Masters and then won the Masters was back in 06 when Phil did it, uh, won the Bell South Classic, Bell South Open. Um, that used to be held the week before the Masters. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I was unbelievably excited about the Masters and have been probably since the last Masters, the final putt dropped. Spieth winning the week before the Masters has thrown this thing into a fever pitch, in my opinion, and... We mentioned the man he held off, held off, excuse me, held off, yeah, is a master staple as well for playing well in the first round. And that's the man, the dude. In fact, I tweeted it out. What's better than the dude versus the golden boy going at it on the back nine? That was tremendous stuff. Tell me about Charlie Hoffman, what you saw out of him. Uh, I will say, uh, for those who may have not caught last week's pod, Scooter picked Speed to win. You guys I were spot on, yeah. The dude to win. We were one two in it, a uh, little Texas two step, if you will. But what? Give me your thoughts on Charlie. Yeah, I mean, you look at Charlie from Friday on. You know, you eliminate the seventy five that he shot on Thursday, and he was arguably the best golfer out there, right? So just got off to a rough start. You'll compare it to Jordan Speed sixty seven there on Thursday. Had he got out of the gates a little stronger, uh, probably would have been the winner, JT. So, so a good pick by you there. But you know, Charlie Hoffman, a, a guy that you know obviously was very recognizable a few years ago. Had the long flowing hair, the locks, right? So I think we heard somebody refer to that as a Kentucky waterfall. Kentucky waterfall. Uh, well, the again, weekend, right? so. we'll, we'll tell you where we heard that of <laughs> yeah. all places, but uh, the Kentucky waterfall was in uh, in full effect back in the day. He has since uh, seen a barber, and it's a, it's definitely under control, so it doesn't have yeah, quite the, the flair. If the dude has gone corporate or, or what that may be, but, you know, a guy that had had, had a couple withdrawals, I think, earlier in the uh, the season as well, yeah, right? So had some Actually, injuries and things, that. and so good to see him back healthy, playing well, and a guy that, you know, is – fearless around the golf course. I, I like him because he take you know, that, that second shot that he hit on 18, you know, for three wood from over it. in the trees. I mean, he wasn't messing around. He's like, I'm going for it. Right. And he was down two strokes. So maybe it made it a little bit easier to have to go for it. But I think he has that attitude all the time on the course. He's talking about fun to watch play. I mean, not, not at speed levels, but he is somebody that you don't think about like the game that he plays. He is fearless. He probably takes on um, a few risks that he shouldn't from time to time. That's fair. But talk about a guy who, again, the, kind of the, the running joke is, yeah, you can just count on Charlie Hoffman to be leading after the first round of the Masters. I bet if we look back, it hadn't actually happened that many times. It just seems <laughs> it like feels it. feels that way, yeah. But that being said, Augusta is a place, if you take on the risk and you pull it off, you are you. there's funnel pins, it goes right down to the hole, you can make a lot of birdies. So it makes sense that a risk taker like Charlie Hoffman is kind of bang or bust at Augusta, and I bet the record would reflect that. The times that he hadn't been the first-round leader, I bet he's missed the cut. But I'm excited to watch him this week. Just so many people to keep an eye on on Masters Week. It's cra- it's it's so it's crazy. And honestly, like not having the cat there, while clearly I'd rather have the cat there, maybe a good thing because oh, we're it opens to, up your yeah your pie chart of attention span. It, right? Yeah, so, opens yeah, up your yeah. attention span. Yeah. It, you, you, he doesn't suck up all the energy. You can you can disperse that energy to other golfers. Although with Spieth coming back into the fray, maybe it could be a reverse situation there, but. Excited for Charlie Hoffman. You know, the, the, probably the forgotten man, uh, Matt Wallace. He uh, he was right there, kind of within sniffing distance. Uh, faded, faded a bit there. Yeah, uh, he was hot the down end. the stretch in the last two or three holes. He kind of gave it away. Where, yeah. uh, where Spieth and Hoffman both carded 66, six under 66s on Sunday. Matt Wallace, just a couple under par, couldn't quite keep 
uh, pace. You know, one thing we didn't have on the list, I don't know if you caught Araban, uh, uh, Nirban Lahiri. Uh, yeah. uh, Nirban, yeah. excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, one more time for the listeners. A Nirban Lahiri. Um, mustache of all mustaches. He's got a great stash. He does. Unbelievable. 10 of 10 on the stash. Yeah, yeah. And somebody to look out for. He's probably not in the field this week. But if he was, look out for that kind of stash at Augusta. Um, a few Indian-born golfers that are that are out there on tour as well. So not a, not a, not a lot of those guys, but uh, he's kind of representing, doing a great job. A, a name that you hear from time to time. You do, right? and it's so, funny. Yeah. Uh, no, the No Laying Up boys tell a great story where they kind of they call him Airbnb because they can't pronounce his first name, <laughs> yeah. and they shouted, "Hey, Airbnb!" And he hollered back from across the fence, like, "Not till July, my friend." <laughs> and they're like, "What? What does that mean?" And again, I'm totally plagiarizing this from No Laying Up. Full credit to them. But they, I guess they maybe saw him a year later or a few tournaments later. They started to be a little. They started to be more well known, and they asked him like, "What did you mean by that?" He's like, "Well, you said Airbnb, and I didn't have an Airbnb booked for any of my tournaments until July. <laughs> Not till July, my friend." <laughs> so it's like a running joke on. Uh, and somehow my son has started, I said that to my son on something silly and now he started saying, not touch a lie, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, there, there you go, guys. Little, little inside scoop, uh, on the tour, uh, great mustache, but got to give it up to Spieth. And, you know, I think the thing we talk about a lot on this pod and, uh, unfortunately it didn't play all that well, but amateurs getting to play in professional events, a local boy did not make good. Keith, take us through the amateurs that uh, flamed out early, only got a couple rounds in when it came to TPC San Antonio. Yeah, I like to t- always tie in some local ties if we can. Ricky Fowler, uh, uh, Abe Answer, right? So they they both did okay, right? Five under, four under, respectively, tied for 17th and 23. We were hoping Ricky might pull through with a win, right? Because he probably needed it to get into yep. the Masters field. He won't be there, but First of course... major, he's going to miss yep. uh, 41 straight majors he That's had right. played it until... Uh, this His 10, yeah, 10, 11 years, something like that. I saw that stat pretty wild there. But uh, of course, uh, from an amateur standpoint, we're ta- talking about... Oklahoma State's Austin Eckrote, uh, most notably there, a 77-72. Wasn't enough to make the cut for for Austin there. I had a couple other amateurs in the field as well, a Mac Messner and Sam Bennett as well. I think uh, uh, Bennett is a uh, a guy that uh, we've we've heard heard before, heard that name. A&M uh, product, I believe. Yeah, A&M, there you go, kind of a local tie-in as well. Local, uh, I guess, regionally in that regard, uh, 80-72 for him. And then uh, Mesner. You're probably still thinking of him as the Big 12. That's where we're uh, you know, thinking Yeah, about it, it, the the – Halcyon days, right? So, but uh, Messner with a 77 74. So, no amateurs made the cut here, but uh, obviously, leading into Masters week, you know, there's always amateurs talk as well. And I think there's only going to be three amateurs in the field this week for the Masters, which again, we'll we'll save that, right? So, we're not going to get too again, deep guys, into that. Deep dive. So, the that's Tuesday, right. two hours special Tuesday pod. Yeah. Deep dive on all things Masters. So, we're going we're gonna to wet your whistle. Don't you worry. But, you know, again, for, for the tournament that I thought would be in the three hole of stuff we're going to talk about this week to be. So captivating and so exciting. Uh, good, good for the folks down in San Antonio having some more bang for the buck. The Valero folks getting the yeah, most out well. of their sponsorship. Uh, anytime Spieth wins, you're a winner. Everybody's a winner. Uh, everybody loves Spieth. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the TV ratings for it. I haven't seen those numbers come out yet, but I bet it was highly watched, right? So it's April. We're there. Yeah, the uh, Easter Sunday, you're kind of coming yeah, off the yeah. uh, the Hammond, you know. Uh, Double egg hangover kind of thing in the afternoon. You wake up, oh, golf's on. I think that probably did did show well. But golf kept going, actually, after the Texas right. Open because West Coast. We were headed out west, yeah. We had the first major of the year. Keith, take us out to Rancho Mirage. Oh, Rancho Mirage, Mission Hills Country Club, the ANA Inspiration, the first major event of the year on the LPGA Tour, on any of the tours, I guess, if you think mm, about it in that regard, right? Uh, Patty Tavatanakit. Is the, the name there? Tava Tanaka, Tava UCLA Tanaka. product. Tava uh, played golf at UCLA. I think she was ranked right around 100th in the world. Uh, but she breaks through, wins her first major at 18 under, holds off an absolutely incredible in Sunday run. Fuego. From Lydia Coe. She was 10 on under. Fire. 59 watch was in play there for a minute. 59 watch yeah. was in play. I thought it was going to happen. She was, uh, she was 9 under through 11 nine holes. Under through 11 <laughs> holes. You're right on the money. And, you know, speaking of high, I didn't realize this. Um, it was 97 degrees. I saw it was near 100, yeah. And That's kind of in the desert part, right? So Springs, uh, Rancho Mirage. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they all had on those, like, sleeves, and you thought I would have thought it was, you know, low 70s or something. But I guess the, those ladies really take some protection seriously because it was 97. You you wouldn't catch me in sleeves. Maybe that's something I need to try out because they are certainly lighting the course on fire. Uh, Tavitanakit, 
I believe she was six under. If if, if it weren't for Lydia Ko, she would have ran away with this thing, ran and hide, if you will. But uh, tournament record, I believe it was, from Lydia Ko, 62 yesterday to at least make it interesting. Yeah, and Lydia won it, what, five years ago, I think, 2016? She did. Uh, Youngest player to ever win back-to-back majors at the tender age of 17. Uh, We thought it was going to be kind of a – she comes from behind, shows her resurgence or resurrection, if you will, as the uh, topical – uh, issue of the day would have been along with Spieth coming out of his abyss to come back and win. But again, got to go Patty T, as I think I should call her because I'm not the pronunciation have a uh, expert that you are. But Thailand golfer, uh, probably the third best Thailand golfer, Thai golfer out there. Somebody who just oozes. Your Tunicarn uh, sisters, oozes right? Oozes so, both yeah. uh, cool and uh, kind of just killer vibes at the same time. That look she had going with the aviators. Uh, it was it was it was a sharp look. I was I was yeah, went, jumped jumped in the pond afterwards too, right? That's right. kind of the tradition Poppy's out there. Pond yeah, yeah. out in uh, in Rancho Mirage, and I bet at that point, you know, ninety eight degrees and that long sleeve, <laughs> she was probably yeah. couldn't wait to get in that sucker. But uh, what a, what a great event! Uh, found out for the first time, I guess A and A is actually an airline. Turns out, who knew? Uh, Japanese airline. Uh, no free ads, but uh, it's in the name, so we have to say it. And then. Let's talk about Americans because, yeah, as, as we all know, women's golf is uh, fairly dominated uh, by internationals, specifically Asian internationals, although Lydia Ko uh, is... Uh, Australian, right? Uh, so, uh, New Zealand. New Zealand, Zealand okay. I believe. Um, had, a, had a very diverse leaderboard, but we always like to talk about American golfers. Let's take us there, Keith. Who was our top American finisher uh, I believe it's somebody we're fairly familiar yeah. with. Yeah, Nellie Corda, right, tied for third there at 11 under with a slew of other golfers as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she was the top American four-way, finisher there. Five-way yeah, five tie for four-way, third. Four-way tie. Yeah, I think there. And then uh, at 10 under par, you have a, a few other recognizable names there. Jin Yoko, uh, NB Park, and then Ali Ewing, another American as well. Megan Kang was up there. Danielle Kang was a few shots back, uh, tied for our FHA finished a solo 13th at 8 under par. But, uh, no, you mentioned it. I mean, Man, the, uh, Danielle Kang played a good week and she kind of got me off the hot seat because i picked danielle kang to win scooter picked nelly i mean callie come on scooter let's let's have let's have some pride uh but anyway that's in here there danielle kang was not playing well the first two rounds barely made the cut and had a nice weekend to uh make me look like i kind of know what i'm doing uh 13th alone at eight under par um just a just a great tournament the ladies golf i was more excited I mean, Spieth had me on a high, but I was still like, let's get the, I did not want that yeah, to go. Yeah, it was to nice work. because that finished, what, 5 o'clock central did, time, and then you just rolled right into this. Yeah, you know, I did the not want it was nice. the Valero yeah. to go to a playoff because yeah. I was ready to start watching uh, the ladies uh, get after it, even though at the time, you know, I think Tava Kanak, Tava Kanak, damn it, Tava Kanak, opened up after an eagle on two. She had a six-shot lead after she finished her second hole of the day. It ends up being a two-shot victory. And so Lydia Coe, I'm telling you, she put on the afterburners. She was rolling it in from everywhere, holding out. It was it was great stuff. Uh, but, yeah, great first major of the year. It delivered 100% with some great play. You know, we really didn't have anybody that was a huge flame out, at least that we follow fairly closely. Uh, all the names that we would root for and, and really enjoyed. Uh, maybe outside of Madeline Saxstrom, we've talked about her quite a bit on the pod. She did uh, miss the cut, unfortunately, but great, great weekend for women's golf uh, that actually, again, we're kind of going somewhat reverse chronological order here, perhaps, but um, the amateurs, tell us about the amateurs. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, you know, I guess we should, we should go ahead and go back East now. Let's go to Augusta. Uh, JT, take us to Augusta. You might, you might say, wait a second, Augusta, that's this coming week. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. For those of you who aren't familiar, had a little amateur event it's become a huge amateur event for the women, Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, impressive performance all around, some local folks. But uh, give us the rundown, Mr. Yeah, Needham. well, you mentioned Lydia Coe being a 17-year-old breakout phenom as well. We may have our, our, our sight set on another one here. Uh, Japanese player Subasa Kachatani uh, was a, the winner of the, what, I think the second or third 
uh, Augusta National Women's Am, right? So because I'm trying to think, right? Because be yeah, COVID, COVID took one from us, so this is the third yeah. year, but the only the second event that they exactly. had to had to play. She holds off uh, Wake Forest uh, uh, Emilia Migliaccio uh, in the playoff. There only went to one hole, right? So uh, they they both finished at one over par. They play 18 again there at Augusta National. Uh, Kachatani was able to par it. Uh, Emilia was only able to bogey it, and thus it was over with relatively abruptly uh, after the playoff. Right. I always love watching these playoffs. Okay, they would have went back and played 10, I think, had it went to a second one. That would have been fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, impressive, impressive performance there. And she was kind of further back the leaderboard as the start of the day and kind of, you know, shot a good score and then kind of watched others around her or ahead of her kind of fall back and uh, one under. She was one of the first ones to post that score and it held up to get her into the playoff and that was enough to win it. So, yeah, an impressive performance by a young woman. Again, 17 years old. It's just crazy. It is wild. At, at watching on the women's game how young they break onto the scene, man. It's, it's wild. It is wild. And another 17-year-old that is the number one ranked women's amateur. Yeah, yeah, Rose. In the world, Rose Zhang. Uh, seemed to be fairly in control of this tournament from the jump. And come the 13th hole on Sunday, uh, again, the famous par five there at Augusta, uh, she started to kind of come undone, unfortunately. I did not see that coming. Yeah, she posted a triple, didn't she? She's about as close. uh, Maybe Jin Young Ko out there on the LPGA uh, would be a good comparison of somebody who is just robotic-like in their golf unflappable seemingly I thought she would continue um, again what had been I wouldn't call it dominance because it was a tightly packed leaderboard only separated by a few shots but she was seemingly in control and I believe she put up a triple bogey eight there on the 13th and uh, sealed her fate although she made a little bit of a run made a couple birdies after that mistake but uh, I did not expect to see her fold Again, that's Rose Zhang. She won the U.S. Women's Amateur a summer ago. She is committed to, to go USC? to Stanford. Stanford, okay. Uh, next fall, two falls. It's hard to keep up. Who knows if she'll actually ever show up on campus. I could see her uh, just yeah. going ahead and turning professional. But nothing uh, to be taken away from Subasa. She played very well, steered it into the house. And, uh, yeah, just one playoff hole. Amelia... Uh, tough second shot. You can see the nerves there. She flared went out to the right and left herself a literally impossible. Up yeah, and down. I mean, there chip was, there was over the bunker. Yeah. There was no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not happening. It just it it was over when she uh, when she hit it over there. But uh, fun to see a playoff. And yeah, we're pointing at the eighteenth uh, <laughs> hole. We've got the eighteenth hole up here looking at it. <laughs> it's like that was not the place to leave yourself. But uh, I think local ties talk about playing well on sun, uh, Saturday. In this case, uh, one of our favorites. Uh, yeah, best locally, score of the day, uh, right? Cowgirl golf showing out and showing showing strongly. Tell us a little bit about Maya Stark. Yeah, Maya Stark sh- shoots a three under sixty nine on Saturday, which was the best round of the day, and uh, she just barely made the cut. Right, you remember uh, she was on a, she what, was a in five a way tie, five for one playoff yeah, at on um, seven Thursday over? afternoon yeah. evening to get into the thirty player cut. Um, to even be able to play at Augusta on Saturday. Reminder from last week's pod, first two rounds of the uh, ANWA held at Champions Retreat Golf Course there in Augusta. Uh, then the top 30 were able to play on Saturday after a practice round on Friday at Augusta National. She uh, makes birdie on the first playoff hole of the uh, the kind of the cut decider to get in to Saturday's final round and then goes out and moves up the leaderboard, obviously from 30th all the way up to a tie for 10th with a three under par 69. Brilliant golf. She's been playing brilliant golf for several months. Just somebody to watch, uh, continue to watch, because we've been talking about her quite a bit. And heck, we might have said Maya Stark's name on this podcast more than we've said Tiger Woods over the last three months, which uh, tells you all you need to know about how well she's been playing. And impressive, impressive stuff. We're looking forward to hopefully seeing her in person. Once we get to uh, NCAA time, regional time, and uh, not the only local f- person in the field, unfortunately, it didn't go quite as well for the other two. Uh, let, let's start with the bad news. Obviously, Isabella Figueroa. Fierro, yes. yes, missed the cut. Unfortunately, did not make it to Saturday. But Boomer Sooner, Caitlin Milligan, lo- lo- local, local Norman, girl, yeah, Norman, Norman girl, uh, yeah. tie for nineteenth. So well done, making the cut. Uh, struggled a t- 
Hutch on Sunday. Uh, excuse me, I keep wanting to say Sunday. It's yeah, it's weird. weird. Yeah, having a final round on Saturday. Yeah, it is. Uh, but a, a four over par seventy six uh, that actually probably dropped her a touch down the down the leaderboard. But uh, good to see two of the three uh, state school girls. What a tremendous ladies. experience, though. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, and that was one of the best things about the Anwa is getting to see these ladies and how they play Augusta National versus uh, the professional men, who are the only ones we typically get to see play Augusta National. Scott and I talked about that being our main thing that we were excited about to watch, and that certainly played out. You know, seeing most of the field having to turn the 13th hole into a true three-shot par five where most of the guys have, if they hit a bad drive, they're hitting five iron in. Bryson had 123 yards in one day um, during the uh, the uh, Masters in November. So totally different ball game and very fun to watch and super, super excited to see another young 17-year-old star in the making in Subasa Kachitani. Ooh, I think I nailed it. Yeah, you got it. Um, get it, get it done. Close with a uh, an impressive getting it into the house performance, and I'm already ready for this event next year. It's a lot of fun. I think the next step is when is a professional women's golf event going to happen at Augusta National? I think that's the next step in the uh, in the proceedings. Hopefully, we see that maybe a fall event. You know, fall is kind of a time at Augusta where the club's in good shape. Yet um, there's nothing there, so maybe we have that to look forward to. Can't see enough golf. Well, probably can, but uh, we want to see more golf at Augusta National. We want to see more high-level ladies golf. Uh, that would be one way to do it. But let's stick with the amateurs, Keith. College golf all around. Again, just such, such a golf. huge week leading up to the Masters. Again, so much to talk about before we even get into uh, the Masters tournament. Well, let's let's keep it local. Let's talk Oklahoma State. And, you know, they were having an Augusta tie-in as well, my friend. So they were down there uh, for the Haskins Award Invitation, and they went down and won the damn thing, Jay Till. So with an incredible final day performance, Oklahoma State as a team shot 18 under par on the final day to come all the way back and overtake Pepperdine. Uh, the Cowpokes uh, finish minus 37 to Pepperdine's minus 35. That That is a tremendous score as a team for a final round, J.T.L. That, that we don't see that very often. That is... Uh, that's pretty impressive. Unbelievable. 18 under par spread over four golfers. You can do the math on how impressive yeah, the Pokes were dialed was. in. So dialed coming in. in to the last day, the final round, uh, by my math, they would have been nine strokes behind right. Pepperdine. Turned that into a two-stroke victory. And while doing that, leapfrog uh, Notre Dame, among others, uh, really Pepperdine and OSU separated themselves quite a bit. Uh, Pepperdine 35 under for the three rounds. Notre Dame a distant third at 19 under par. Back-to-back victories for the Pokes. Uh, When it comes to the men's golf program, I think that uh, I could kind of see OSU being a little bit um, tweak that OU is getting all the pub number two in the nation. Um, they're saying, Hey, what, we're the golf school. We're going to kind of show you how to get it done. And they were led by the guy that coach Bratton said, we're going to keep saying it. Eugenio Shakara ELC. He told us, look out for him. He's going to play well. The guy hadn't finished out of the top five in any tournament that he's played in this spring. That's pretty good. That is really good. <laughs> That's consistent. He was uh, third alone at 12 under par on his own ball behind uh, Ryan Hall winning the tournament. Ryan Hall from South Carolina. And then, not surprisingly, a Pepperdine golfer. Yeah, Pepperdine's uh, got a good program. Minate. They're good. Yeah. Uh, they're very good. They won um, an event earlier of the spring. But uh, right there in fourth place, Aman Gupta, who we're very familiar with from his U.S. amateur run last uh, August at Bandon Dunes. Jonas Baumgartner played well. A little bit further down the board, Bo Jin was also under par. So, tremendous. I mean, you, you can't you can't shoot those kind of scores team collectively unless you have individual golfers playing great. And they did that. And I believe the biggest perk of the Augusta Haskins yeah, Award stick Invitational is that uh, you get some tickets, badges, as they're called, to uh, go down the road and see the big the big event, the uh, the Masters. And so uh, those five guys going to be enjoying themselves 
along with Coach Bratton and taking it all in. You know, when, Magnolia Lane. whenever we talked to Coach Bratton a couple of months ago, talking about the relative youth of the of the state of mm, the Cowboy program mm-hmm. right now, is that the elder statesman, Austin Eck wrote, right? He was in San Antonio playing at the Valero, so he wasn't even a part of this Best event. Best player on the team, yeah. not there. And, and they, they still, still win won, the damn thing. Yeah. Win the tournament. <laughs> Pretty I mean. impressive. I think, I think the future uh, for Oklahoma State golf uh, continues to be bright, right? It's always been pretty darn good. Uh, you think about past, it's present, unreal, but the future is going to be pretty good as well with these youngsters here. But uh, I have to keep up that Scandinavian connection as well, right? Our guy Rasmus Niergaard Peterson. Oh, you can't uh, forget he kind of round, rounded out the uh, the five some there. He finished under par as well, one under. So kudos to him, right? One of the younger guys there, uh, kind of filling out the team. But uh, he played well uh, for the uh, uh, the Cowboys down in Forest Hills Golf Club as well. But you mentioned it, right? So what a fun event to play in. It's always it's always good to win, but the fact that you get to stick around and catch out a uh, practice round. Um, there at Augusta, that's uh, that's definitely one of the big perks yeah, there. Definitely, definitely great. Those folks at Augusta are very highly knowledgeable when it comes to all things golf. So how great is it going to be for OSU walking around the grounds of Augusta National, getting patted on the back by folks in green jackets saying, great job, congratulations, great week. I'd say they're going to come back to uh, to class a little little bit with a pep in their step. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming off of this week, impressive stuff. We can't let a pod go by uh, when possible without shouting out our Boomer Sooners who are in the thick, in the thick of it down in Naples, Florida. Can you take us to the Calusa Cup, one that we have actually had our eyes on for a while now. I've talked about how Calusa Pines is a tough, tough, tough golf course. That's being bared out by what we're seeing on the scoreboard. It's not It's not the birdie fest that it seems like we had down in Augusta with OSU. Tell us how we stand after almost yeah. two rounds. Halfway through, right? So the Sooners are actually top of the leaderboard right now, JT, plus one as a team right there. They've got actually got a couple golfers that are out there finishing up right now. So in the last couple of holes uh, before we're done, four under on the day, but you mentioned it, uh, no teams are under par right now. So the Sooners lead it at plus one. Uh, Georgia Tech right behind at plus two. The Longhorns at plus three. Uh, Florida and Florida State, arguably probably the, the favorites coming in. I think Iowa is actually the host of this event, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Hawkeyes way down there at uh, plus 32. But the Florida, Florida State, plus six and plus nine, respectively, all still in the thick of things. When again, they, they've got uh, one more day uh, to go on that event, maybe two more days, if I'm not mistaken. So I know well, that's I think a, they're, uh, what is this today? What is today? Today, today is, is the fifth, fifth, right? So, yeah. yeah. So we're we're going to complete two rounds today. It looks like they have uh, two more days of the tournament. Not sure how many rounds they're playing in each of the next two days. But obviously playing a lot tougher when you have uh, so few people under par relative to what we saw down in Augusta. At the, at the Haskins. But yeah, and only six golfers under par at all from know, an individual standpoint. Un, unsurprisingly, uh, Texas, who has a squad uh, leading the Pearson way. Pearson Cootie, man, he's good. Pearson Cootie, uh, potential player of the year candidate. Actually, I believe they give out a Haskins award for the, uh, the college golfer with the lowest scoring average, Jack Nicholas Award. He is certainly in line for both of those. Yet his teammate, Cole Hammer, who has uh, played in a lot of high-level amateur event, leads after two days or under par again, fairly tightly bunched. A low one tomorrow over the next couple of days will separate folks quite a bit. But uh, Boomer Sooner quite well represented. Uh, Brightwell one under through a couple rounds. Logan McAllister who's been playing some great golf four under today, and then uh, our man Big Q even par lurking at T seven. Uh, just again, such high level golf being played. By the state schools, it's it's fun to watch, and uh, we're we're spoiled. There's no we doubt are about spoiled. it. It's, it's not like this everywhere else. <laughs> and I think that uh, I think we're we're hoping to get even more spoiled when these folks take the uh, fairly short hop up to Hutchinson, Kansas, to play in the Big Twelve Championship at Prairie Dunes, and uh, a little bit of Scotland in the land of Oz. Yeah, you how. We do. They describe share with our listeners that uh, you and I took a little hop, skip, and a jump up to Hutchinson, Kansas ourselves uh, on Friday, right? What an experience. Um, <laughs> that was th- fun. This segment, I think, is going to get a little loose, maybe a little sloppy, uh, because it was uh, it was quite a day <clears throat> for those who, and honestly, not um, no judgment here when I say the folks who aren't familiar with Prairie Dunes, it's a golf course that surprisingly 
for being a top 25. And Keith, you can pull up where it currently ranks in the uh, top 100 golf courses in the world. Uh, but top 25 by all accounts. Yet, I would even call it a hidden gem. Uh, the history of Prairie Dunes, the, the setting and the landscape that it sits on, just unbelievable. I, uh, even though I've loved golf uh, since I was a kid, played a lot of golf, I didn't realize back in 2006, whenever I went to the U.S. Senior Open held at Prairie Dunes, what a spectacular golf course Prairie Dunes is. And to set the, the scene a little bit for you, I want you to imagine like the biggest sand dunes with Gunch all over them that you could ever imagine. Gunch was a word that came up a lot. Gunch was yeah. said quite a bit. And again, five miles outside of Hutchinson, Kansas, that you would never expect, um, again, a top 100. And in this case, it looks like 34th on the most recent rankings um, when we talk about Prairie Dunes. Very, very lucky to have a, a great well, business partner. I will um, say that 34th ranking, though, just to give our listeners a little bit of perspective on that, Jay Till, it's a couple slots behind Riviera at 33rd um, in Wingfoot, which is obviously a course that most of our listeners will recognize, and then a couple of spots ahead of Terra Edi, which has come up on this uh, podcast on a couple of occasions about being one of the most scenic and crazy golf courses, as well as Seminole golf course as well, where, uh, uh, you know, the Walker Cup is going to be held there. The Walker Cup yeah. will be... So it's it's um, world-class. We're talking about one a, of the, the best golf courses it, in it the is, world. It is literally one of the best golf courses in the world. Um, tremendous experience. Again, was about to go there with the... Our man Brad, who was kind enough to be our host, uh, tourists around the place, both uh, on the golf course and the, the very, I think, laid back uh, vibe of their their clubhouse and, the, and their membership. Um, I had high expectations going in because whether it be uh, Ryan Hibble, OU men's golf coach, Alan Bratton, OSU men's golf coach. Uh, Jeff Wagner, our man out at Boiling Springs, all saying if they had one round left, where would they play it? And it was going to be Prairie Dunes. That speaks to how great this place was. So the expectations were high. And despite some, I think most would say horrid, some most of our friends would probably say unplayable conditions that we experienced, expectations were exceeded, had the best day, most fun day of golf uh, that I've probably ever had, but certainly is in the top five. Keith, being somebody who, um, member at Twin Hills, another Perry Maxwell uh, gym, give me your, your impressions of Perry Dunes. What did you like? Uh, it probably is where it ends because there's probably not much we didn't like outside of the wind, but just, just give, me your, uh, give me your sense. Give the folks a sense of, of what you experienced out at PD. Yeah, absolutely loved it. And you mentioned, you'll remember at Twin Hills, I've played Southern Hills, been fortunate enough to play that on multiple occasions here over the last couple of years with our guy DK up in Tulsa. Um, I think that Prairie Dunes by far is the best one uh, out of the uh, Perry Maxwell collection, if you will. Now, I won't say that I've played all of them, but talking about here regionally, right? We think about right. Twin, we think about uh, Southern Hills. We think about Dornick Hills. Now, again, Dornick's going to have a new look to it here pretty soon, right? Sure. So, uh, But I've played that in the past. It's been several years ago now. But um, just the the layout is absolutely incredible. And again, it's like it's kind of filled to dreams-esque, right? When you're walking, you, you would drive <laughs> by that road. Oh, and you'd sure. never you'd never know it was there. Yeah. You know, but for the sign that kind of you know tells you to drive in there, it's so you know, innocuous as to where it's located at. And, and you can you can see the minimalistic approach that Perry took to everything. And this one has a neat history as well, right? With press comes in the sun and finishes it off um, after the original nine holes. And, and you knew a lot about the history and kind of was kind of educating me on the drive up in which uh, that was kind of a lot of fun to listen to some of that as to how the history of that course came about. But to be one of the top 30 golf courses in the world, there wasn't an ounce of pretension in that place. Nope. It was as welcoming and just, hey, guys, yeah, come on in, go this way, bathrooms this way, restrooms this way. You know, we, we had a bite to eat afterward. The food was absolutely incredible. They're working on the clubhouse, right? So they're, they sound like we were about a week early yep, right. uh, to kind of get that, having such. that ready yeah. for the Big 12 championship coming up a little bit later on this month, which you, you and I will talk about a little bit more. But 
I loved every moment of it. Again, would have preferred it to be a little less windy. Let's right? talk so about f- the wind. I don't. I mean, I don't think the thing is, folks who are from Oklahoma, when we hear other folks talk about wind, we we kind of scoff and say, yeah, "You really don't know what wind is all about." This is coming from two born and bred Okies who have played golf in a ton of wind fueled days. I still have nightmares that uh, Roman knows uh, excursion I had back in October. Oh, bar none for me. Windiest day on the golf course I have ever had. It was so windy on, I believe it was 12 T, which is an elevated T. Don't get me wrong. So we're, we're getting the, you know, the jet stream, if you will, elevated T. I a almost fell over when I was waggling the golf club. I had to give Keith my hat. I had to, you know, huge disrespect to Perry Maxwell. I had to have my hat on backwards for a decent part of the round because it wouldn't, it was going to fly off frontwards. That didn't even work on 12 T. I had to literally give Keith my hat so that it wouldn't blow off backwards or forwards or sideways uh, while I was teeing off on 12. Just unreal. uh, The wind that day yet, Honestly, again, while I would have preferred it to be calm and perfect, what an experience to see how that so place cool, plays man. when in the wind. And that's not, I think, for Prairie Dunes, that's probably not that crazy of a wind day. I mean, I think it's on the high end, but I think they experience those fairly regularly. But, yeah, the, the wind the wind was absolutely crazy. I think that um, the layout, you mentioned the layout itself, but then also the topography of the course. I mean, you just would not, when you say I'm going to Kansas to play golf, this is not what you're envisioning. No, you, you expect flat as a pancake. Flat right? as a pancake. Yeah. If I said I was going to Ireland to play golf, you'd picture something different, and that is what Prairie Dunes is like. I'm going to have to ask you, put you on the spot here. We have no notes for Fairway Files. We just have Prairie Dunes, right? So we're doing this Still fresh. Still fresh in our minds. What uh, favorite hole? Got to ask you that. And then I have to ask you, the thing that um, like you'll remember most uh, could could be one and the same, but favorite hole at Prairie Dunes. Give us a little bit of a description of what that hole looks like, feels like, and then again, favorite moment that you'll remember most. I think I think it's fifteen, the shoot, right? The shoot. And, we, and we we were playing from the blues, ladies and gentlemen, which is you know not the tips, right? But yeah, uh, we were sixty five hundred yards from yeah. the blues, so no no slouch, but. For that hole, we backed up and played the gold tees, the championship tees, just to get the full effect. And, and if, if our listeners aren't aware, you can get out there and Google it, right? The shoot, uh, the 15th hole at Prairie Dunes. It's a par three going uphill. About uh, It was 200 yards. I think it was playing about 190 yeah, when 190 we were playing it yesterday tees, yeah. or Friday. Um, it is. It looks so menacing and so narrow because there are cottonwood trees that kind of line the entire fairway box. And so it looks like it's really not in reality, right? You have space to hit you the ball. You have a lot of space. But the but, way they're even shaped, oh, like, the, yeah. <laughs> like somehow the trees, the cottonwoods on the right bend into the left. The cottonwoods on the left, it looks so the right. tight. Yeah. It's like, there's no way I'm going to hit a golf ball through this. And I hit a hybrid three, and like I hit it really, really well. Honestly, I, it's, we, it was it, super difficult to get balls to stick on the green because of the true. wind, and the greens yeah. were really, really fast. And so I kind of rolled off the back edge. I, I think I ended up making bogey, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But I hit a decent shot, and it is a super intimidating tee shot. There's no doubt about it. But it's very cool from like a scenic view standpoint. Very I like cool. That yeah. Very cool look. Uh, it's a hole that if, if you know it's coming – you're like, okay, well, how many what, what hole are we on? Okay, two more <laughs> holes. Two more holes till we get to the shoot. Uh, and that, the thing is, every, almost every hole was a memorable hole. And the shoot is definitely uh, the most memorable of them. So take us now, you know, this could be on that day. It could be the course in general, but give me uh, kind of the most memorable thing well, I uh, mean, from the experience. I, I got to toot my own horn here a little bit, JT. Please do. I, I played... Really well. You did play Despite really well. We mentioned earlier that you yeah. do not need a new driver because I, uh, your driver was dialed. That was that was one of my better rounds in, in quite some time, despite the conditions. But you know, I, I guess we would have to say the first tee box. You know, I, I think everybody yeah. else struggled to get off the box. I think yeah. a little bit of Prairie Dunes, the yeah. intimidation yeah. factor was kicking 100%. in, and I laced one down the center of the fairway Man. and felt felt good about it. It so, was laced. Yeah. Uh, that is a that is a great memory to step up there, top thirty golf course in the world. Uh, when I'm, t- I, I just, I know that words aren't going to do it justice because it can't. Like if you were standing there on the first tee, to give you an example, my tee ball 
So again, very hard to paint a picture with words here, but the first hole uh, is a is a dog leg left, a gentle dog leg that, that goes to the left, a right to left ball shape, which again you have, That's which fine. is great. Yep. Uh, but the wind, to right to left, uh, right to left golf hole wind. When I say hard off the left, oh yeah, it was like Lieutenant Dan at the top of the boat screaming at the hurricane level wind. I hit my tee ball dead straight down the middle. It ended up on the eighth fairway, which is the adjacent hole. Yep, hard right. Hard right. I mean, this thing took off like, you know, Tom Cruise banking right. Woo, it was gone. Uh, Luckily, it was so far right that I found it. So when Keith says that he hit a grade A tee ball, it wasn't just the, uh, oh, well, you know, there's it's kind of wide open. I'm going to hit it out there. I hit it well. I mean, it was against kind of... Against all odds, in some cases, um, in normal conditions, that was probably a snap hook, but it worked out. <laughs> <on that. laughs> yeah, it set the tone for the day. The confidence that yes, it probably would have uh, the way that it yeah. held the wind. Almost, uh, almost jarred one out of the bunker, right on the. Uh, yeah, what's, I think number four, right? No doubt, and three. I think everybody so, should know. Fine. Keith beat just beat the socks out of me straight up. I'm not going to mention. Honestly, Keith's score or my score, you guys can go out there and probably find it online somehow. But Keith beat me straight up. Absolute shellacking. Uh, I, I lost uh, a sleeve uh, plus of golf balls, which is, uh, you know, kind of wild. Um, a lot of gunch out there, man. There's a lot of gunch. Uh, now, I found more balls than I lost, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you can go out there and make a living finding Pro Vs out in the gunch, man. You, you can definitely do that. Uh, Prairie Dunes, man, I just... If you can somehow beg, borrow, cajole, uh, write a letter, do whatever you need to do to find a host, uh, and there are many that would uh, that would take you out there. I would highly recommend it because, again, just a as you said, laid back, welcoming atmosphere that you don't normally find at a top thirty golf course in the world, and just. Within you know three three and a half hours of Oklahoma City, you feel like you're in a different world. And to the, I mean, I know I've said that about like Boiling Springs. Like I can't believe that's there. Yep. I mean, as as awesome as I feel about Boiling Springs, this place is Boiling Springs, like turned up to an eleven when it comes to the topography. Uh, you know, what I want to certainly in those winds maybe any wind, but I want to play Prairie Dunes every day. Maybe not. I think it would kind of beat you up. But Boiling Springs is a place that has a lot of that same feel. Like, I can't believe this is here. Amazing topography. It's so much fun. I can't, I just, the fun, it was fun, fun, fun. Even though we didn't score well, it was so much fun to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the best, I think, endorsement you can give of a golf course is regardless of how you play, you had a great time. And that's uh, Prairie Dunes, 100%. Yeah. And we, whenever we got there, we thought we were a little crazy when we were out there on the driving range, you know, an hour before, 45 minutes before our tee time. Mm-hmm. You thought, man, I, I can't believe imagine that anybody's going to be out here crazy enough to play. There was people out there. I mean, there was a lot of people out there playing, out right? There. They're like, hey, look, this is just part of the deal. So, the deal and hear. that's what a lot of the guys afterwards, the members, when we were having dinner, you know, afterwards saying, hey, at least you guys, you get the full effect. Full experience. Right? So, I mean, this is what happens up here. And, you know, you, people can go back and check the uh, the weather records for that day, Jay Till. It was 25 to 30 consistently Consistent. with gust up to 45. I it, mean, it whenever the gust would come around, it would move you. You would your, your feet, it would push you. Oh, there the ball, no like it. you'd mark your ball on the yeah, green. Well, you had a lot of oscillation on the green. You'd yeah. mark your ball on the green, you'd pick up your coin, you kind of step back to line it up again, and the ball would start rolling away. Yep. I mean, it was that level of uh, of wind. There's a couple of putts to where we kind of raced around there to mark the ball because <laughs> we didn't know if it was going to stay oh, yeah. where it was at. So, so we're obviously uh, we're in full gush mode here, but it is it well incredible. deserved. It's a bucket list thing, and uh, kudos to you. Special thanks to you and our guy Brad uh, for for making that happen because that is that's a bucket list item. So and and you know you think about it, it's kind of crazy to think it's like I I don't know if we'll I hope that we do, but if we never get a chance to play that course again, that that was absolutely incredible. So I mean it it was awesome. So because it it's not one of those things that uh, you probably get to do on a weekly basis, and so I certainly appreciate it. Uh, from that standpoint, well, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it just goes to show you that Perry Maxwell was an absolute genius working. This this course opened, was being built from 35 yeah, to 35, 37. Yeah, yeah. Opens in 37. Again, you get, it opens with nine holes. It's now 18. But the original nine holes uh, are some of the best holes in the property. And he was working with literally mules, horses, 
and what we would now think of as kind of, I don't know, this kind of like scraper bucket thing. Yeah, had some of the equipment out there, right? Yeah. And to have that be built during, you know, the height of the Depression at a time where budgets were non-existent, where equipment was very rudimentary, and to see what he did out there and then later on, I I don't I didn't think we ever heard the year that the second nine, um, which again is interesting uh, to to take a bit of an aside here from a history standpoint, the original nine holes are intermingled with the new nine holes, the second nine holes. It's not like okay, here's the first nine on this. Yeah, side they didn't of the move road. across the road and build the other nine. Yeah, yeah, beautifully routed. You would never know what nine are the original nine and what nine are the quote new nine if you just went out there and had, had no clue about that. Uh, it's kind of cool to see that original nine-hole list to see that, okay, you went one, two, but really then number six was number three at the time. And then, you know, you kind of went seven, eight, nine, and then you hopped over here, 10, 17, 18 was that the original nine. You'd never know that based on the way it's beautifully routed. And, uh, again, total gush fest, but well – worthy of one and uh I, I you know i told brad that you know i hope we, i hope he likes us and we got on well because i think it's not going to be long before we say hey man you uh <laughs> that's right yeah, when, can we, when, when can we come back they're putting the uh, the cup of milk out for the uh, for the stray cat right we're going to come back around at this point now we did offer up we're going to bring him down to oklahoma city at some point oh right? yeah we're going to do the uh, reciprocal get him, to, get him, to get him twin. at twin yeah because yeah. you know that's the thing again I, we'll go gushing on some other golf courses twin hills is talk about hidden gems. I guess you wouldn't say hidden because everybody sees it. They just don't know what they're looking at when they drive down 35. Twin Hill is an unbelievable piece of property. Uh, Perry Maxwell did an amazing job with that golf course. I think with the right, we'll call it restoration and a little bit of um, a few changes. I think it could, as, as Dornick is about to experience a restoration with Tom Doak doing that, Perry Maxwell just got it right every single time and twin hills is, is an absolute treat and uh, i think brad will be impressed different experience because the you didn't have sand dunes but the topography at twin hills is awesome to play on honestly twin is probably a harder walk than, than prairie is yeah it was crazy right? we were talking about the front nine you know walking the uh, the front nine at prairie dunes coming off there it was like hey man that went by really fast and like i i still feel you know pretty good despite the wind kind of beating us up now i think i think that started to kick in on the back nine to where it it beat us up Dude, a little bit to where we were dragging in straight <laughs> we're straight into a consistent 30 gusting to 40 i mean uh, on the 17 is like a, you par, had a plow stuck 17 to your butt is a short par 5 <laughs> by par 5 standards it's like 472 four, four, yeah. yeah i think 482 it's, it's tees we yeah. played at with 472 i hit and I'm a short hitter, but I mean, come on. I hit a good driver, a good forward, a good five iron, and was short of the green, like kind of chipping a little six iron, right? So it, it was it was tough. It was we we earned our uh, we actually had the Cubano there at the uh, the men's grill, uh, delicious. Uh, always have the soup when you go to a nice club. I can say the Manhattan chowder was delicious. Which I learned a valuable lesson that day, right? Manhattan has the tomato side, right? Whereas New England clam chowder is the cream-based, right? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. The Educational there as well. Clam chowder. Uh, lovely setup. Lovely people. Uh, they actually did know what a club special was, which is not guaranteed when you leave the state of Oklahoma. And not many folks realize that you get even as close as Texas. And people look at you like you're an alien when you say, you know, can you make a club special? So they had that on point. So, I mean, I could literally say it checked every box, every single box, the experience, the vibe, the food, the golf, unbelievable. And I, I mean, I, I, when I say I can't wait to go back, I, I may not be able to wait. I may have to tell Brad, like, I, I can't afford this, man, but let's, let's do it again. I agree 100% J Till. It was a fantastic experience all around. So now talking about Perry Maxwell, you know, one thing that I learned on the trip up was that Perry Maxwell was actually the only golf architect to touch three special courses, right? And that was Cypress Creek, Pine Cypress, Va- Point. Cypress Point, Point yeah. Pine Valley, and then some place called Augusta National. You might have heard of it. Uh, you are absolutely correct. Way to way to be paying attention to our uh, history lesson on the way up. 
Uh, Alistair McKenzie, uh, probably the most famous golf architect of all time. Definitely heard that name. Because he was the main uh, designer of Augusta National. Uh, kind of had Perry Maxwell be his uh, American Midwest associate right? yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And, yes, he did work on uh, Cyprus, um, Augusta National, and Pine Valley. Generally, in every list, you see the top three golf courses in the entire world. And uh, so, you may not have known, but Perry Maxwell put his hands on Augusta National. We're going there next, Keith. We're going there. It's Masters Week. I'm excited. What all do we have on tap? Uh, I guess, first of all, I would say, what are you most excited about for Masters Week? Let's go there. I'm excited to see how the scenery, you know, it, it's crazy to think that it's only been two years, right, since we had a Masters in April, right? So it hasn't, or, you know, it hasn't been that long, but right. to see what it looks like comparatively to what we saw so in November, November right? Yeah. You think about the azaleas, you always think about the color contrast there with the pinks and the yellows and the whites contrasting with the green. It's just one of the most scenic and gorgeous places on earth. So I'm excited to see that. We're going to have some patrons back. JT, I don't know how many just yet to hear the roars on the back nine on the weekend. is going to be a lot of fun as well. So I just, just the emotion, right? The, the senses that it kind of fills up, uh, whoever wins is whoever wins, right? I'm going to enjoy it no matter what, but what that kind of brings on the weekend is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I would agree with the patrons and the roars. I'm excited about that. And, uh, just in a general perspective, seeing the golf holes and again, it's only been six months since the Masters was played. We got to see it on Saturday watching the Anwa. Yet to see that ceremonial tee shot on Thursday morning, to see uh, the early scores uh, being posted uh, as the uh, the first tee times go off, uh, to catch your first glimpse of Amen Corner, uh, guys hitting tee shots to the famous 12th hole. There's just a magical, magical aura about Augusta National. And I'm also excited because a lot of the changes they're making, the positive things they're doing uh, between uh, Lee Elder joining Jack and Gary to hit that uh, opening tee shot, um, first African-American, first black man to play at the Masters 1975. I think that Augusta, while they're going to do it on their own time, they're going to do it of their own volition, they're, they're looking to make positive changes uh, to make the Masters about what we all love, which is an amazing golf experience, but to use that power for a, a little bit of good um, in the world. And I think that a lot of folks get excited about the Masters for a lot of reasons, and that just adds to it. Definitely calm before the storm. We are ready to rock, and let's reiterate the things we're doing this week that are Busy special week. Masters focus. Busy Give us the week. rundown, my friend. That's right. So Tuesday, April 6th, let's start with that. 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., you and I are going to be doing a live remote at Chalk, right, golfer giveaway. Golf Come giveaway. out, get your uh, draw your golfer out of the hopper. Your golfer wins the tournament. You're going to be walking away with a Callaway Maverick driver from our friends at Chalk and Michelob Ultra, valued at 500 bucks. so a nice piece of golf equipment. Mm-hmm. And then you and I are also going to be out there on Saturday. Saturday right? afternoon, 2 o'clock. Again, we're hoping to have kind of a fast pace, get a lot of people out there enjoying the festivities. Uh, grilled pimento cheese sandwiches will be on deck. It's Saturday, the April 10th. Right? now famous Azalea cocktail will be flowing. We want to get as many folks stopping by, jumping on the pod, giving a prediction, uh, talking a little masters. Uh, we're not going to make you famous, but we're going to make you feel good. Now you and I will be out there on Sunday as well, but Sunday we're locked in. We're Sunday watching we're the tournament. We, right? you know, no, yeah. no podcasting going talking, on. So. We got to focus. Come, come say hello and hang out on Saturday. Sunday, leave us alone. Right? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's you, a, I'm joking. That's a joke. Uh, semi leave us alone. Yeah, you know, right. Even a even the masters has four minutes of commercials an hour. You can talk right. to us during the commercials, but yeah, we're going to be dialed in on Sunday afternoon. And actually we haven't gotten to announce the winner of our masters giveaway. From our scorecard, be doing that to, tomorrow or Tuesday, April sixth. Uh, announcing the winner of live that. remote. Uh, we 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 do know who that is, but uh, we are going to wait till uh, the Masters. I think it's what that's what six days, five days yeah, before. That should time. be plenty I mean, of time, it, right? They, so, yeah. Anybody that went and played golf and went and turned in a scorecard is going to be watching it. Now they're going to be watching it in style. Now before Best we before house. we sign off. Probably the biggest way you can actually get super involved in Masters Week, at least with us, is over at the Nephew Pod 
Dirty Birdies. That's right. Tell them Yeah, about our it. man Scooter Gersh, right? The YSO Dirty Birdies contest there on DraftKings. Scott, he's going all out this week, ladies and gentlemen. 75 participants 75. Uh, are going to be Gotta available, and we have to fill Gotta it. Got to fill right? it. So, yeah, we don't I mean, fill it, it goes away. It's a bold move, Cotton. Tell your friends. So, I, I, I think we'll fill it, right? So I know we got up to 50, I think, a couple weeks ago. We, we kind of dialed it back for WGC Match Place, and that's kind of a weird format. We're going in hard. It's a major people. You know you're going to be watching. Why not have a little skin in the game? You might might you know get a little jingle in your pocket you as get well. Get some jingle in your pocket. At a minimum, you'll have some golfers to root for, which is always fun to have somebody that I've, even I've if made it's, my uh, picks. Now we're going to we're going to save we're going to save that. Yeah. Now before picks. again, we got to make sure folks know how to actually get involved. Where can they find the link to be able to sign up for this week's? Dirty Birdies contest. Good stuff. Uh, several places. Good stuff. Fantasysportspros.com. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the website. You'll see our weekly pick segment in there. And the link to join it there on DraftKings is right there at the top. It kind of looks like an embedded spreadsheet, if you will. Uh, but the link is right there. Click on that. It'll take you directly to DraftKings. Log in. Sign up. Five bucks to enter. And then, again, you win. You're going to be winning a lot of money for 75 people in the field. When you're in. On top of that, we're going to plug at YSO Golf on Twitter. That is our golf Twitter account. We will uh, always retweet the link for the Dirty Birdies for that particular week. On top of that, I want to tell folks that we're, we've started, and I think we're two editions in to uh, something I'm not calling a newsletter because everybody has a newsletter. Nobody yeah, you do a, a good job. Nobody needs another newsletter. Perhaps a periodical, uh, if you will. Not exactly sure exactly what it's going to be called yet. If you want to uh, be on that email list, again, follow at YSO Golf. Hit me with a DM. Those are open. Would ha- be happy to add you to that list. Again, we're, we're not talking about every week. We're certainly not talking about every day. From time to time, when a lot is going on, we're going to make sure that we have a, a little bit more of a sit-and-get opportunity. So the uh, the YSO newsletter, YSO non-newsletter newsletter is live and out there. Let me know if you went on at YSO Golf in addition to all the normal golf musings. Absolutely, my friend. Well, as always, I appreciate you riding shotgun with me here in studio, and I look forward to doing it again tomorrow, and I look forward to doing it again on Saturday, and we'll be doing it again next week, recapping the Masters. It's it's going to be a busy week, my friend, and I'm sure it will fly by, so let's uh, take a couple moments throughout the week to stop and smell the azaleas, so let's not forget about that. Nicely done. Absolutely. You didn't even have that written down. I did not, so it was on the fly. So we're getting better at this, people. So, and while this will wrap it up for this episode, ladies and gentlemen, remember that the conversation does not end here. To keep it going and to keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember that is pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk.